1: Listeners to another episode of voices of vapors. It's our tobacco harm reduction podcast where we look at all things related to tobacco harm reduction, including electronic cigarettes and vaping devices. These THR products have been subject to local state and federal regulations, taxations, and even some places prohibition. There's approximately 3 million vapors in the United States who have successfully used electronic cigarettes to quit um, smoking combustible cigarettes. So they're a major uh, public health tool. Today, I have a government relations expert with me. Tony Aboud is the executive director of the Vapor Technology Association, or VTA. VTA represents manufacturers, wholesalers, small business owners, and ro- entrepreneurs of vapor products. Tony comes with 25 years' experience, including grassroots organizing po- and po- um, politics, state lobbying, and he's got experience in the courtroom. He's spent the, over 10 years defending vapor companies as well as other heavily regulated industries against government overreach. Thank you for joining us today, Tony.
0: Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. So, okay. It's always my first question, and I, since I know you and you're, um, how did you get involved with vaping? I know that you don't smoke, and you don't, and you don't vape. So, how did you find yourself in this um, industry? So, I was a
0: smoker. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon how you look at it, I had to quit long before vapor products were invented. And from that experience, which I know is miserable, I can totally commiserate with what folks are going through. Uh, And uh, I really wish vapor products were around back then. But uh, as far as getting involved in representing and defending this important industry, uh, it was about um, five, six years ago that I was approached by a company, a vapor company, which Saw what was coming down the pike They saw the fact that this industry Was going to be heavily regulated And they wanted to draw my experience As a state lobbyist uh, And an attorney to help them Navigate the multiple different State laws that would be uh, going into effect So that's how I got into it And uh, since then it's been An incredible journey
1: Okay, all right. so the Vapor Technology Association Can you describe that more To our listeners who might not be aware of it?
0: Of course. The Vapor Technology Association is a national trade association that was we set up to help represent vape shops, small manufacturers, large manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, flavoring companies, all of those companies that are part of this remarkable vertically integrated vapor industry. Um, this is the first industry that has grown up outside of the tobacco space to compete with tobacco. And we have so many diverse members that are um, uh, in every community, in every state, and uh, and and it is a remarkable uh, industry because it is so diverse and robust. So VTA has been working for the last three years to pr- propose and to push for smart, sound regulation, that will enable all companies to, 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 to stay in business, to follow rational guidelines and, 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 and standards so that we can continue to promote this, this industry, which, of course, is helping save lives.
1: Now, one of you guys is, I know, I, I looked at, I, when I was um, doing the advance, I, I wrote, I think, uh, the flavor, comments to the FDA on flavors, and I know I, I quoted VTA, actually, because one of the things I liked about was you had restrictions on these organizations in your comp- that are members, um, including some standards to prevent youth access. Can you talk more about those standards?
0: Of course. So, uh, long before uh, the FDA started speaking on these issues very loudly, mm-hmm. uh Uh, VTA's board of directors said, look, how we manage and deal with the youth issue is going to be very important for our industry. So back in 2017, we set about developing uh, marketing standards for our members. Those marketing standards had to be based upon some core principles that we believed in, uh, and they needed to be directed at two key aspects. One is access, um, and So we created a set of marketing standards that would help limit the accessibility of these products to minors. And we've asked all all of our member companies to adopt those. Um, And then the second part is appeal. Uh, In fact, it's exactly what the commissioner has been talking about access and appeal. That's how we had set up our standards. So the second set on appeal deals with marketing itself. What kinds of marketing should be, uh, Appropriate. What kinds of marketing should be considered inappropriate, and what are we as an industry going to do to make sure that um, we are acting in an appropriate manner? These are. Uh, this was an issue that we saw as being so important that we set it up and we we developed them in 2017. And when we met with the commissioner uh, in January of 2018, uh, we 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 put this right on the table, and we said, look. The focus that FDA should be taking is on marketing practice, not on limiting flavors in vapor products.
1: Yeah. No, that's uh, that's fantastic. That's good work there, um, and I think that's very important. And so, when you're talking about inappropriate marketing, I'm assuming you're talking about like the kid-friendly labels, the uh, the, the, the the vapor the vape liquid that looks like, I guess, Smarties or candy or cereal.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and in fact, what, what's, 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 what's great is that if you look at our marketing standards, we, we, we spend a lot of time on these, and one of them in particular is deals with this I- improper use of trademarks or trade dress. Yes. And that is the one that if you read it and put it side by side with what FDA told the companies that they cited in their letters back in May, it tracks very closely with what we had said. And um, that's not to say that we gave this to FDA in January and they pursued it in May. What it's to say is that we have a very good sense as to how to deal with these issues. And what FDA ultimately cited these companies for was exactly what we had put in our marketing standards. So had companies been taking note of what we had said and acted then, they might not have received such a letter.
1: (laughs) Go figure. Um, so VTA is working on a 50 state defense. Can you describe that more to our listeners?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is very exciting. So in our industry, uh, small businesses have been carrying a big load, vape shops. And as you know, Lindsay, we got vape shops in every corner of every state. Yep. And, the the challenges that our industry faces from a regulatory perspective are not just at the federal level, but they're at the state level. And because I come from state lobbying, I understand the importance of having strong state vapor associations or trade associations at the state level. So when we set up VTA, our core organizing principle was to effectively represent the industry at the federal level, but also effectively represent the industry at the state level. And we knew one way that we were going to have to do that, it was to help develop, build, support um, state associations. And we have done that. We have now, at VTA, we have uh, between, I think, over 28 state associations oh, wow. that have joined the ranks of VTA, that have said, we are going to work collectively on a week-to-week basis on on how we are going to coordinate and have a strategic common message in protecting the industry. So... That has been a program that we've built out, and we we, we brought on a guy named Jake Butcher, who is a state lobbyist actually here in Illinois, and he has been executing a phenomenal strategy, working hand-in-hand with the state association leaders as well as with um, the state lobbyists that are working on this issue. And the level of communication and integration uh, and information sharing is, is fantastic. So what we did this year is we said, look, what we know is that we are growing, people are are, are are working collectively together, but we also know that we can expect to have a lot of flavor bands yeah. coming at us at the state level in, in the coming year. And we have to be prepared for that. So as state vapor associations have continued to grow, uh, a lot of that has been on the backs of small businesses, of the vape shops themselves, which are trying to, manage their businesses day to day. You know, Many of our members work paycheck to paycheck. Many of our members have to provide not only for their own family, but for the families that work for them. And so also adding a layer on top of that of running a state association, finding a lobbyist, okay. managing a lobbyist to fight back just to preserve their business is daunting. Yes. And a lot of people have been saying, what are the manufacturers doing about it? Well, what we did is We challenged internally ourselves, and our board of directors has decided that they are going to execute a 50-state joint defense program, working with all of the state trade associations. Uh, Now we've had some new ones join us in the last few months. North Carolina has joined us, New Jersey has joined us, and Michigan has joined us. And what we are doing is we are making sure That there's not a state in this country that is not properly defended with a lobbyist when these flavor bans come up, because you and I know that when a flavor ban passes in one jurisdiction uh, at at the state level, it could easily cascade to others.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I know. Well, we're going to be looking at New York and the whole state doing it as well. So is there is there a state association in every single state or no?
0: There's not, and that's why this program is important, right? Because let's say uh, you're in a state and you have a strong association, and when and we're all working together and we're defending the industry and we are successful, well, if your neighbor next door doesn't have a state association, is not organized, does not have a lobbyist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to put enormous pressure because if that flavor ban passes it you know, next door, then it's going to put that much more pressure on your state. Yep. So part of our defense of the people that have uh, the, the groups that are working together as part of the strategy is to make sure that there's a full net, a full defense net, and that there's no holes in that defense net, which means that we're going to have to hire a lobbyist and work on the ground directly. And that's been the commitment of of VTA because that will ensure that we don't have bills that slip through the cracks uh, and then create problems for the rest of the country. Looking to show off how much you care about freedom? Need a gift for someone? Head to the Heartland Institute store at store.heartland.org for t-shirts, posters, and books all advancing the freedoms you cherish. Grab a bumper sticker and show the world you believe in liberty. Find Heartland books such as Why Scientists Disagree About Global Warming, Power to the People, Nothing to Fear, and The Kid-Friendly Constitution. Grab a Heroes of Freedom t-shirt featuring Ayn Rand, Milton Friedman, Friedrich Hayek, and Martin Luther King Jr. Or get one of our always popular Don't Tread on Me shirts with Heartland's unique design. Those will be sure to start a conversation at your next barbecue or at the gym. Your destination for the freedom lovers in your life is the Heartland Store. Go to store.heartland.org and get shopping today.
1: Some of the stuff that I know that we Heartline's worked on and I'm sure VTA's worked on is um, the FDA's um, advanced notice of proposed rulemaking regarding flavors. Can you talk about the work that VTA did on that? And can you also kind of explain to our listeners why flavors are so important and that, it's, that adults like flavors too, so to speak?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Flavors are a top priority for the Vapor Technology Association. The companies that are on our board that are part of what we were doing, including all of the vape shops, depend upon a wide variety of flavors to execute and stay in business, right? Mm -hmm. So, we have taken a a very aggressive approach to defending flavors. So, um, that's why when we first met with the FDA back in January uh, with Commissioner Gottlieb and Director Zeller, our first message to them was focus on marketing, not on the flavors. Flavors are important for adults trying to quit. Then when they initiated um, the flavor ANPRM, we knew at that moment that it would be extremely important to collect all of the science because that is what FDA relies upon legally, in order to decide how to regulate, if to regulate, and how to regulate. So for the first time, VTA, Board of Directors, commissioned a full review of all of the scientific literature that relates to flavors and vapor products. And that literature, which was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies, uh, was then condensed down and presented in our flavor and our response to the flavor advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. And here's what we found. What we found was that the scientific research supports the notion that flavors are in fact helping adult smokers quit smoking. Not just flavors, but flavors, a wide variety of flavors. And, um, and that's what's important. Not just tobacco flavors, And not just uh, menthol flavors, but a much wider variety of flavors and multiple flavors is what adult smokers are relying upon Mm -hmm. to quit smoking. So that's issue number one, and we presented that very clearly. The second issue that we presented was on the science of initiation and what we know, according to the science, about vapor flavors supposedly leading to initiation. And what we were able to present based upon that review was the fact that there is no direct causation between flavors and initiation, particularly amongst youth. Um, Flavors have been cited as a reason, and oftentimes in the popular press and with those that oppose this industry, they cite it as the number one reason. But what the research and surveys actually show is that the flavors are one of many reasons, and usually not even in the top three, uh, and certainly not the top reason that people or any youth may try using the product. So, again, while flavors, the science shows that flavors help adult smokers quit, the f- science also does not show that it is causing others to start vaping. Uh, and we made that very clear. Okay. We also made a really uh, another really important point um, only vapor products can make the argument that flavors can actually help adult smokers quit no other combust no combustible product can make that argument and we thought it was important to frame the discussion when we presented our response to fda in that context and we said look if fda if you are going to decide that you are going to limit flavors, then you have to have the highest degree of scientific certainty that you apply to any limitation of flavors as it relates to vapor products, because it's only this segment that that, that the science shows can actually help people quit. And that is our number one objective. So we really wanted to frame the issue from a policy perspective in that way. Because what we understood and what we know now is that the science supports a continuation of all flavors for vapor products. And we're excited because last week, the FDA (laughs) implicitly recognized that when they made their announcement and decided that they were not going to ban flavors in e-cigarettes, but focused themselves on combustible products. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, their announcement now, a, qu- a question with their announcement um, with, the you know, restricting access to different flavors and convenience stores. Do you think that's going to have a positive a- a impact or a negative impact on THR? Um, I find a lot of people buy their cigarettes at convenience stores. I think it's just limiting their options for um, safer products.
0: Well, look, there's no easy answer here. And I think that it is dangerous Uh, I mean, if you think about the world in absolutes, um, uh, it it is difficult to justify why you would remove, for example, flavored vapor products out of a convenience store, but leave the more harmful combustible (laughs) products, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense um, in that regard. And that's actually one of the comments that we've made to the media. That said, FDA has been and feels compelled to act in some way. And so they are looking for how they can try to address the concerns that they have identified um, without um, getting rid of of electronic cigarettes and vapor products because they do implicitly and explicitly recognize the potential public health benefits. So choosing pathways, so I think it is a dangerous precedent to um, cut off one channel uh, or to limit accessibility in, those, in that channel. I think there are a number of things, right, that we have been saying can be done and should be done to, to, to limit accessibility. Uh, but in the big picture, at a moment when I think given all the rhetoric, FDA, we were concerned that FDA might in fact come out and say we have to limit or ban flavors for vapor products, they did not do so. And that, yeah. that in and of itself, I think, is encouraging from a harm reduction uh, perspective.
1: That's very true. I, I didn't even really look at it that way. Um, the uh, FDA. <laughs> um, all right. So VTA is holding um, the vapor. Game. I, I, hold,
0: uh, hey, I, I, I realize that, it, you know, you may not have looked at it that way. But um, unfortunately, all of this is happening in, in, in real time now, yeah. Right. With the with the heightened level of rhetoric, with the with the media stories that are are exaggerating the the the, the concerns and dangers, um, and a lot of rational thinking has kind of been lost. So it, I, I do think it is significant that the FDA, under the pressure that it was is under, and committed to trying to fix this problem. Uh, that they that they uh, have identified uh, did say that you know their focus is going to be on combustibles. Yeah. Um, and I think that ultimately all people who are engaged in tobacco harm reduction and believe in harm reduction uh, have to appreciate the significance of that message.
1: Yeah. No. And it, it does go in line with their. Um you know, continuum of a risk, um, and the, the, I, I do think the actions, yeah, are uh, along the lines of that continuum of risk. That you, cigarettes are at the most harmful. Electronic cigarettes are somewhere around the least harmful, and then neg- I think nicotine replacement is what they put as the least um, harmful. But I, I, yeah, I really didn't. It is actually, as I mentioned, everyone I think was up in arms about the, you know, the C store restrictions. Um, you're right that the, you know, that it, it, they they're not banning flavors, and that was always that there's a big fear I think in the vaping community.
0: Absolutely, and um, you know, and 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 obviously how they go about doing this is tricky. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously, it has to be through a legal mechanism. And my guess is that at some point they will be challenged on whatever they choose to do. Yeah. Um, but I thought, and we thought it was uh, kind of significant, the, the statement that they made uh, by focusing on, at least as it relates to flavors, that that, that, that it was significant that they, they, they decided that our focus is going to be on combustibles, which frankly is consistent with the, policy statement that the American Cancer Society laid out earlier this year, Mm -hmm. um, which is that, hey, we don't know the full ramifications of e-cigarettes, but our focus has to be on combustible products because on the risk continuum, uh, American Cancer Society said, you've got your deadly cigarettes with 7,000 chemicals and 70 carcinogens on one end of that continuum. And then, as I said, I think it's quote unquote, much closer to the uh, nicotine replacement therapies is where you find e-cigarettes. So even they have recognized that e-cigarettes, as has FDA recognized, as has the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine has recognized, that e-cigarettes fall on the lowest end of the risk continuum. So whenever we're deciding how to Regulate this product. We have to remember the place that it occupies. In other words, we do not want regulation to be inconsistent with the relative risk, because then you get counterproductive results and unintended consequences.
1: Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, that's the one thing too. Is you do and you do not. Yeah, you do not want them regulated as a as a tobacco cigarette product, um, because they're not. They're 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 harm reduction tools. So. Um, uh, VTA is going to be holding a conference soon. The Vapor Game Plan. Can you describe that more to our listeners? Where's it? Where when when is it? Where's it going to be at? What are y'all going to discuss out there?
0: Yeah. So, um, because of the importance of state issues from from the very beginning, VTA has held a state conference a conference that focuses on state legislative issues every year. Um, so this is our third annual conference. We always hold it in the first week of. December. I think last time you were here when it was in Rosemont, yep. this time we're headed south to Austin, Texas, where it's a little bit warmer because <laughs> everybody complains about Illinois in December, understandably so. Um, and uh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and um, so we're excited because this year, not only are we going to be talking about the core issues that we're going to be confronting next year, but we'll be able to talk about what this new federal announcement, the new FDA announcement, um, um, uh, means. And then also what we are doing to defend flavors in, in all 50 states, what we're doing to defend flavors in some of the large municipalities, uh, such as Chicago and Sacramento, okay. as well as uh, we will have the team of, 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 of government affairs specialists who will be being dispatched around the country to do just that. Uh, and so folks will be able to actually get to meet the team that is going to be defending um, flavors around the country. But this meeting is always a very substantive meeting, if you recall. Mm-hmm. We focus on the policy, uh, all of the core arguments, both scientific and public policy-wise, for each of the issues, whether it relates to Uh, taxes, to age restrictions, to licensing, um, to local government. And of course, this year, a big focus is flavors, Yep. Um, as well as the strategies that we need to, as a group, roll out um, to get ready for this conference. We have been meeting with our vape shop leaders regularly to discuss all of these policies. A few months ago, we announced the formation of VTA's Legislative Advisory Committee. um, And Jake, our state affairs manager, has been working regularly with this group to kind of walk through all the core policies so that we could have informed decision making as far as what we are going to pursue. But the bottom line is that we have to set a vanguard or a firewall on flavors. Um, this conference is going to be two days, uh, and we are going to start at on December four at noon, and we will uh, then end on December five at uh, probably around one or two p.m. Uh, we will have a great speaker also uh, to deal with harm reduction issues from the university. Uh, I'm sorry, from Texas A&M, and um, she is a a, a well uh, a very knowledgeable. Uh, Uh, speaker on harm reduction in tobacco and other types of public health scares. And her topic will be about fear, smoking, nicotine, and vaping. Um, And uh, we're looking forward to that perspective because I think policymakers and the team of government affairs specialists need to understand and hear the message uh, in terms of because that is what we're up against. We're up against a lot of fear. And we need to know what the antidote is to that fear.
1: Absolutely. Well, do you have okay? Do you have any suggestions or advice to our listeners?
0: Well, the first thing is, if you're in business uh, within earshot of this podcast, uh, if you're a vape shop owner, you need to be part of the state association that is trying to defend your uh, industry to protect your ability and right conduct business in your state. If you're a manufacturer, a wholesaler, a distributor, you really do need to be part of uh, the Vapor Technology Association and what we are doing. We have, in addition to uh, committing uh, significant resources, more resources than has ever been committed by an association to defending uh, flavors, which are the crux of our industry. Um, We are also rolling out new programs to help our members deal with issues such as the tariffs and how we are going to roll back those tariffs because of the adverse impact on our businesses. We're developing new tools for our business associations to fight back. Uh, as well as we are expanding our team in Washington, D.C., and around the country. And that is another reason to attend the conference, because you'll get to um, hear about and meet that team. Awesome.
1: Well, where can um, our listeners find out more information about VTA and um, the Vapor Game Plan Conference?
0: Well, you can go to our website, which is VaporTechnology.org. Uh, And they can find that information right there. You can also sign up there to be on our mailing list, um, which is obviously incredibly important. So you can stay abreast of the information uh, that needs to do. If you're a consumer, uh, I think it's incredibly important that you uh, uh, sign up with CASA, um, and CASA uh, is obviously the consumer organization that has been working tirelessly on representing uh, um, consumers' interests, uh, and, and, and they have a, a phenomenal message, not just on harm reduction, but also on the promotion of vapor products. Um, and so I would encourage, if you're a consumer listening to this, that you sign up for CASA's list as well, because they have incredibly relevant information to share.
1: Yep. They're fantastic. And well, uh, thanks again for joining me today, uh, Tony. Uh, To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Voices of Vapors. For more podcasts, please visit heartland.org or search for the Heartland Daily Podcast on iTunes. For more information on e-cigarettes and tobacco harm reduction, please visit our alcohol and tobacco page at heartland.org.